for a quick remedy to the always embarrassing itch. It's another episode of The General's Wake Up Call. And now, Ren and David. Bienvenidos a la llamada de atención serenal con Ren y David. Yeah, yeah. We'll get about get all that. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to digress a little bit, Cody. Guys, so good to see you. I'm talking with Cody Dungeon. The name of your company, Desert River Guides. You know what? I uh, you and I have a little history. We won't go into that too much, but uh, I've known you since you were little. Yep. I don't know, six or seven years old, probably. Yeah. Long story short, you're uh, you and my oldest uh, are uh, related. Yes. <laughs> so. Um, and and you have a twin brother. I do. His name's Tom. Uh, and he lives in uh, Tucson, Arizona. Oh, where it's real hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cody, um, what do you what do you do for a living? Well, during the winters, I'm a teacher over at Piedra Vista High School. I teach uh, United States history and advanced placement United States history. God bless you, man. Thank you. It's rough and it's hard right now too with the COVID thing going on. It is. It's a big change. Any relief in sight? I mean, are there any talk about this year? Because we're I obviously recorded this a little earlier, but we're in 2021. Uh, they talked about any relief of that. I mean, uh, getting kids back in the classroom or. Our hope is that once uh, we can get some large-scale testing going on and uh, some of the safety protocols sort of finalized, that, yeah, we're, we're hoping to get kids back into the classroom definitely for next school year, but maybe potentially still sometime this school year. Oh, no kidding. Because, uh, you know, my, my who, who was in your class, my uh, youngest, uh, didn't get to go to his last, what, six months of school or something like that? Uh, yeah, we, we ended up uh, leaving school last year at the middle of March and haven't had students in the classroom at the high school level since. So, yeah, it's it's been a, a big change for students and teachers. Our Mary, our mayor got it. He got he got he calls it the vid. <laughs> yep. Have you uh, have you had any experience with it yet? I have not. Um, no direct experience. Uh, I've had a cousin that got sick over in Georgia. Um, some other family members in Michigan and elsewhere. Um, the closest to my family was my cousin in Georgia. Wow. Well, and, but they're healthy now. Everything. Yep, they all good. they all made it through it. Um, Jim is still seeing some uh, breathing issues. Really? Still. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was about s- probably almost six months ago now that oh, wow. he contracted the virus. I'm sorry to hear that. That's all right. Well, listen. Uh, I, I'm 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 excited about this, and I know it. Uh, uh, I don't know if I took you by surprise, but the minute I found out, I I thought, well, I have we're we're, we're kind of in a hiatus, but I had to do this recording today to finish up our, a Christmas for a holiday program, and I thought, you know what? I wonder if I could get Cody down here to talk about this venture that you're on, and um, I, I think this is a great thing for Farmington. I think you and your lovely wife, because I know you guys have been rafting for forever, for a long time. Yeah, between the two of us, uh, we have 27 years of combined experience as professional whitewater guides. Um, I started river rafting in my late teens, um, floating the river right around here. I bought a 
a cheap river raft, used river raft, and started floating from uh, Flora Vista through town and just learning how to row a raft on my own in a, a little cheesy dinghy. Um, it was only about 10 feet long and learned how to row that way. And then uh, my wife and I moved to Montana in 2007 after spending some time in Durango and doing a little river running there and got into the commercial aspect of it and learned to be really professional whitewater river guides on some class four rivers up there to the Locksaw River, which is class four and five actually. And then doing multi, multiple day trips on the main salmon river, uh, doing 90 miles through the wilderness, uh, in six day trips. Oh my gosh. All right. Let's talk about class. Cause I want to, before we move on, cause we're going to talk about a lot, but, uh, the class of river, uh, as far as that's the rapids, right? The yes, four or five is what does it start at one? And I guess goes to five is the, is the hardest. Or yeah. The, five is the hardest navigable river rapid. Um, so class one is your basic flat float. water float. You could take a tube down it and not even get wet in an inner tube, basically. <laughs> um, class two, you're going to, uh, see some riffles. Maybe a little bit of a, a rapid, some drops that take a little bit of experience and uh, a, a, a good navigable craft, right? You need a, a better boat to run class two. Class three, you're starting to look at something that could pretty easily flip a raft, especially if you're an un- inexperienced uh, river runner. Class four, you're, you're wanting your professional guides out there. Doing. You better know what you're doing. There is potential for loss of life in class four whitewater. Um, and then we push class five. That's extreme. You're going to want somebody that's very knowledgeable, very good at guiding a boat through something like that. And you're going to want to, you know, have proper equipment, PFDs, helmets, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Well, um, I, apparently this has been a dream of yours for a while. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, and, it, and you moved back here a couple years ago? Or? Yeah, we moved back here in 2015. Is the water, is the is the rabbits around here as nice as the ones that you had in uh, Montana? Well, they're different, right? We, we have much smaller volume river here. And what we have is much more family friendly. We're looking at class two and at high water class three river rapids that require some experience to navigate and, and better equipment. I would recommend anything class two and above. You have some sort of, uh, personal flotation device. Most people call them life jackets. Um, and, and an experienced river runner to help you get through that. Um, especially if it's the first time you've ever been on a river. Um, comparably the rivers here are beautiful. We have stunning vistas throughout the San Juan County area and we have a lot of really, uh, pretty areas to float through. Um, as far as rapids go, no, we're, we're not looking at extreme class four and five, uh, rapids. We're, we're looking at class two, maybe pushing class three rapids on the animus and on the San Juan. It's just a, a beautiful lazy float. Um, there's one class two rapid on the lower end of that section. I think every, everybody that grew up here that was around water had an inner tube and floated to San Juan. Absolutely. I mean, you could float almost what, you come, you start up, uh, like close to Durango and you can float all, almost all the way down. The river running through Durango is the Animus. Oh, um, so that's the, okay. Well, see, now I'm going to get a little bit of an education because I don't know the difference between all of them either. All I know is I threw an inner tube on them and went for a spin. Right. <laughs> so the Animus River, 
if you're if you're a wild man, you can run a, a an inner tube all the way from the upper end of Durango and float, you know, twenty hours basically all the way down to where it confluences, where it meets with the San Juan uh, down here by the hospital, uh, San Juan Regional Hospital. The confluence of the Animas and San Juan is just about a half a mile to the northwest of the hospital there. Um, the San Juan River is the river that runs from Pagosa Springs through Navajo Dam and then down and then from Navajo down. Dam through Bloomfield. So that water dumps into Navajo Dam, may release it, and it comes down through us. Yes, sir. Yeah, see, I'm getting a, I'm getting a, a geographic education, too. I just, all I know, I used to grab it, too. But I have whitewater, not whitewater, but rode the river in Durango. I did those tours when I lived in Durango in the 90s. And, uh, you know, I think maybe in a class three at, for about two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it was, you got, you got the thrill, but it didn't, you know, it wasn't very long. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's mostly class two through Durango. And then you get that smelter park area, which is class three. And here for Farmington, that's kind of similar to what we're going to have. We have a few little class one and two riffles. And then you get into Berg Park and that rapid at Berg Park is, Class two plus at low water and, and definitely class three at higher flows. Nice. Well, um, when we, when we started talking, uh, before we even started recording, I, I got kind of excited too because, uh, our, our, our fine host here at uh, Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate was aware that the city was helping, uh, Helping a, a, a new, and she'd asked me if it was your company, if you were the one, and I, and I said, I don't know, but he's going to be here. Well, let's find out. So you've gotten some support from, from uh, our local city. Yeah. The city of Farmington, uh, a couple of years back started an initiative called the Outdoor Recreation Industries Initiative. Um, Warren Unsicker is the head of that department. Ori, as it is known, is promoting outdoor recreation as a way to build the economy here in Farmington and throughout the Four Corners. We have as many good resources when it comes to outdoor recreation as places like Durango and Moab. Yet we haven't promoted that as a part of our economy and the economic driver for this area. As we see many of our other industries are starting to sort of fade away or to, you know, have some struggles, we need to be bringing better, not necessarily, not better, but new industries into the area in order to, to promote our city as a place where people want to live. And with the growth of the outdoor recreation economy in the United States, it makes up a huge chunk of the larger economy of our country. And Farmington needs to get into a piece of that. So people like Warren, um, our mayor, and others have helped us with uh, putting our business together. Um, what's going on is Ori and, well, the city bought a building at 109 East Pinon, and they have used that as an outdoor industries uh, incubator, basically. And so they've, they've given us some help on renting the building as well as put it together in such a way that we can use that building. We have a three-year lease with the city and it's right across from the takeout. The city is also developing the takeouts around the area that the city owns. This is going to be huge. And so, yeah, we're, we're working together to promote tourism and outdoor economy here in the Farmington area. Well, it's such a, it's such a pretty place. And I, and you know, our rivers have always been, uh, 
to me, one of the biggest drawing cards. And, you know, I've had the mayor on. I wish I'd have known that, that he was a part of this. And, man, I'd have had him hang on till you got in today. But um, I, I, I'm excited for you, Cody. I think this is a great thing. Uh, your your long-term plans, I, I, am I going to see a, buses running around here with rafts on top like you see in Durango? Or That's the hope, yeah. Um, we are working to purchase our first bus here shortly. That'll We'll have that by well before we actually open. Um, we're going to be operating trips pretty much every day through the summer from June through August. So June, July, and August will be operating trips as often as possible, as many bookings as we can get. Um, we'll start operating in early May, um, doing just weekend trips. As I said earlier, my wife and I are both teachers. So running the business on the weekends is going to have to happen until we finish up with school each sure. school year. Um, as the business grows, we may be able to hire some guides that uh, can work during those weekday hours and um, expand the business. Our, our long-term goals are to have... Uh, trips running every day starting in mid-April and, and be able to run all the way through September and even, you know, into October if people would like to book them. The San Juan River is uh, dam controlled by the Navajo Dam, as we were speaking of, and that allows us to have a floatable and boatable river flows year-round. Technically, um, not many people want to sit on a raft when it's 20 degrees out, but, no, no. you know, dur during October on some of those nice 60 degree days, a fall color change float is stunning Possible. way to spend a day. Yeah. And so we're, we're looking to be able to operate, you know, at least three months a year and then throw some other trips in here and there on some of those other times. So basically what you're telling me on the San Juan River, particularly because it flows from Navajo Dam. They can control. You, you should never have what what they called in Durango bones. Mm -hmm. right? It never should be very bony. We'll be back after a quick break. Traeger's Bar prides itself in bringing together positive people and sophisticated spirits. A truly welcoming group with New Mexico roots, locally owned and operated. Traeger's offers specialty drinks, classic libations, domestic and craft beers, wine, and cocktails. And for folks feeling a tad peckish, the doghouse is right off the patio with hot dogs, wings, nachos, and much more. Located at 5170 College Boulevard in Farmington, their website is traegersbar.com. Um, by law, in order to protect fisheries downstream, they're required to release a minimum of 500 cubic feet per second from the dam um, all year round. And so that allows us to have boatable flows all year round. Nice. Yep. That's a, that's a built-in business right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's really a benefit to us to have that, that secondary option beyond just the Animus River. All right. So let, let, I'm going to talk about uh, you and your wife and what it, do you get certified? Do you have to take a test? Do you, I mean, how do you, how do you get to do, to be, how do you get to be the expert, so to speak? Well, a lot of it comes with experience, and and in some states there are licensing requirements and and certifications for first aid or wilderness uh, first responder, those types of things. Um, for us, I started out. Um, a friend of mine went to a raft guiding school in Durango, and that school gives you it's a ten day 
very intensive training. You're on the water, um, at 10 to 12 hours a day wow. and, and you're, you know, swimming rapids and you're flipping boats on purpose so that you know how to rescue those boats. And, um, you're doing swift water training and you're doing all of these different sort of developmental steps over that 10 day class. Then the, outfitter that you take the class with, which is generally how it works is you take a class with the outfitter that you're going to work for. Um, that outfitter will then do what's called a checkout trip. And they put a, a bunch of other guides into the boat with you. Those other guides don't make any guide calls or commands. You have to run the boat and then they so. determine whether or not the calls you made were good, whether or not the instincts that you have developed are proper. And then after one or two or three checkout trips, they will then certify you as a guide for that company. Um, for me, I, I certified in Durango and then I moved to Montana and recertified with a company called Lewis and Clark Trail Adventures. Oh, cool. Um, Lewis and Clark. Yep. In Montana. Yep. Up in Montana. And you know, that's a big part of why I became a history teacher, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> but I, I got up there and certified with them on their class three river did a, a year of running their class three, a um, little bit harder stretch than what we have here, but still class three. Um, then the next season, I, I did about eight trips on a river called the Locksaw, which is a gem in the Northwest. Um, that's class four with, um, on the upper section, some class five. And I certified on that river. Can I ask you something, Cody? Yes, sir. The first time you were on that class four, did it make your butt pucker? Oh, there was some nervousness. Yeah, this first time that I was in charge, it was it was intense. And uh, I my my first day on a uh, training trip on that, where I was in charge of some other guides, I flipped the boat. Um, and we had a pretty good swim, but I was able to recover the boat and get everybody back in. And so it's it's a it's a experience that I think every guide has to have. Um, in Montana, they taught me a saying. There are two types of river guides in the world, those who will flip and those who will flip again. Um, <laughs> it's, it's part of the river rafting world is if you're running class three and four and five whitewater, you're going to flip boats. It's what you do after that happens that makes you a real guide. That makes sense. Makes perfect yep. sense. Now, is there, um, are you going to, as time goes on, are you going to offer trips that'll cover three and four category? Well, um, the city hopefully is uh, looking at plans to install additional rapids, kind of like the man-made rapids in Durango throughout no town kidding. to help promote the, the river use in this area. Um, there's not a whole lot of class three and four in New Mexico, except on the Rio Grande River. Um, Which is that's, that's over by Taos. Okay. And for us, that's a bit of a distance to try to drive. And that market's already saturate, saturated with yeah, companies. Um, we are very lucky to be the first company professionally guiding people through the Farmington area. Groundbreakers. And, you know, this is really pretty. I mean, I can remember floating when I was a kid thinking how cool it was, how pretty it is, uh, especially down around the uh, downtown area, you know, as you're going through that area. It's just, it's so nice. I mean... And it's a good, cool way to spend the summer for sure. It is. And and much of that beautification of the rivers and the riverine corridor around here has been done in the last 30 years. 
Um, I also am part of the River Reach Foundation, which is the organization that has developed much of the river trail system here around Farmington. Um, their goal has been to promote, enhance, and restore the rivering corridors in the Farmington area. Um, and so that's part of how I got into uh, into working with the city. Uh, they came and gave a presentation with the River Reach Foundation, and I started speaking with Warren Unsicker at Ori about, you know, I, I have the skills, I have the knowledge. What is the city's plan here? What's the goal? And in the long run, we developed a plan that put us where we are today. It, that's fantastic. Honest to gosh, I, I am, you know, I can, I. For me, you know, kind of, kind of watched you grow up. I mean, it weren't, weren't close, but you know, just a, you were just a goofy little kid, man. Oh yeah. And uh, you have uh, have so I, I'm I'm just I don't know what to say. I'm flabbergasted. Man. I think it's so cool. Your knowledge. I I feel I want to get in the boat with you right now. I oh. feel very comfortable, and that I think that's part of the that's part of getting. If you've never rafted before, that I think that's part of. Having the confidence in the people that are that are running that boat will make you feel better. I mean, let me ask you this: Have you ever had to do CPR or any of that other kind of stuff for anybody? Um, I have not personally had to handle that uh, bad of a situation on the river. I've definitely worked with other guides that have, and I do maintain my first aid CPR and uh, first responder licenses. Um, all of our guides, when we do start hiring other guides professionally, will be required to have first aid and CPR. And, uh, we also look in towards the future. We'll hopefully be able to start getting some swift water training. Um, the swift water training we do as a company will cover the basics and will ensure that they have the knowledge and the skills to keep the people on their rafts safe through the types of rapids that we're running here in Farmington. But most of your river guides are going to go on and get a higher level of knowledge and experience. It's and addicting, right? It's addicting, exactly. And they're going to want to go out and find more and more ways to run rivers and learn more about them. We'll be back after a quick break. Is your to-do list too much of a load? Is your business piling up? Well, you're in luck. Have you heard the scoop on the poop group? Whether it's poop stool, duty dump, whatever happens at your dog's rump, we'll take care of it. We are Farmington's one and only poop scooper. We provide weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly pet waste removal services. Call or text 505-330-0081 to schedule your poop scooping today. Don't be fickle with your fecal matter. Call the poop group where your dog's business is our business. Let me ask you. What, um, because I know what's going to happen. I know there's going to be a lot of folks that new to the, that are not new to this area, but because this is new, would like to be a guide as well. So you'll help get them, put them in the right direction, um, help them get certified, whatever they need to do to be safe, to, to put them on the river, right? What I want to know is how they can get in touch with you and how they can be a part of this if they want to. Well, our, our best way to contact us right now is going to be through our email. Um, that is desert river guides, all one word at gmail.com. S on the end. Yep. Desert river guides, plural at gmail.com or our Facebook page, which is desert river guides. Um, we also have, uh, a business phone that's, uh, about to get set up. The number on that is going to be 505. 
I'm gonna have to look it up. Uh, yeah, let me look it up. I, I don't, I don't know my number quite yet. Um, let's see. But it's not hooked up yet. By the time this airs, it'll be hooked up. I bet you. Yeah, absolutely. It'll definitely be running by the time this airs, and that number is. Oh dang! Okay. That's all right. And listen, I'm really, <laughs> I, I'm excited uh, for this. I think this is a great thing for Farmington. Great thing for us in, in this area, for sure. Well, we we really hope to, you know, show people the beauty of this river. And in some ways, by having more people on the river and, and seeing what we have here, it'll help people understand why we need to protect and restore these rivers, not just for the fisheries and not just for the wildlife that live there, but for the people that live here as well. And so our... Our goal isn't just commercial. We want people to understand that rivers in this area have protected and grown our way of life since this area was established and started to be farmed by the Anasazi peoples, the, the Puebloans, you know, and these rivers are our lifeblood. And so if more people see them that way and more people start to connect with them on the level of, of sitting on a raft and, and looking at the beauty around them, we'll, we'll see more people start to think about, well, where does this trash that I'm dumping in the desert end up? Or, you know, what is this, you know, the spill of oil end up in my, uh, that goes to the gutter. And right. hopefully people will start to think more about what they're doing to their environment just by seeing how that environment affects their lives and impacts our economy and our society. Did you find it? I did find it. So our, our Desert River Guide's phone number is 505-427-7734. And that number is actually active and will be active um, when this airs. Okay. Listen, I... Um... Were you here when when uh, we had that spill up north? And the Gold King, yeah. Uh, did it make you sick? It did. It was it was pretty devastating. I grew up in Flora Vista. My mom has a couple of acres right there uh, by the bridge in Flora Vista. And when I heard about it, I I drove out there to her property and walked out and just sort of saw it growing that that neon orange color and it it was awful and we still see some of the remnants of that um on the banks of the river at low water you can still see the discoloration of some of the rocks Um, oh no kidding yeah yeah high water has washed some of it away but there's still there's still an impact there that is continuing to affect our our riverine corridor um do you think it hurt our the 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 wildlife that used the river, do you, was it toxic in any way? I mean, what do you know of it? Um, from what I know, it, it did have a significant level of heavy metals, copper sulfate, mercury, some lead, um, a lot of iron. It, it definitely did have a pretty good impact on the fish. Um, up in Durango, they've, they've actually had to consider downgrading the fishery from being, a, I think they call it a class A fishery, because the number of fish in the river per mile from Durango to Silverton has decreased significantly. Um, the direct effect on the, the wildlife and the impact on uh, land-dwelling species, I don't know if it has been studied very much. 
but I, I know that there was a decline in some vegetation along the river corridor. Um, native species actually were hit harder than, than things like the tamarisk and the uh, Russian olive. Well, <clears throat> we could, we could, nothing against the Russian olives or the Russians, but we could use a few more of those gone. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> Enough of those. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, um, is there anything that you want to, to people to know about uh, what's getting, this is going to actually, when will you officially have your first run? Uh, the first weekend in May is when we hope to put our first commercial okay. boat on the water. Yep. Okay. So, uh, and that's 21, May 21. This will air. I'm going to go, I'm, I think what I'll do is probably try to do this in April so that it'll have a nice push for you uh, into that period. So, uh, all right, we're going we're gonna to get your website. Is it website or just Facebook page? Uh, we have both a website and a Facebook page. Okay, I will. When I load this up or when I put it, I'll put all of that on there too, so they can click on that and go to it and find it. Um, yep. I, you know, I always let people have the last say. Cody, is there anything? I mean, I'm going to shut up. Is there anything you want to tell anybody? I mean, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Just you can talk about the business. You can talk about whatever you want. You can talk about being a teacher in this hard time. If you want, here's your time to air your grievance, man. Well, the the teaching part has been amazingly good with all the support from the community and the, the students have gotten better and better every every week. And so that's been good to see the community supports their students and their kids. Um, I hope that in the future, we are able to get this business up and running and that with the uh, sort of developments that COVID has made, we're going to see some changes to the way that these things are done. Safety protocols will be ensured both on and off the river. Um, we That's will... a good point about, um, I guess, mask when you're on the river, right? You'll have to wear a mask. So what we're planning is that if you all come from a single group and everyone, and that's the way we're going to set it up, a, a single family, or if you're a single group and you're on the same raft, uh, your guide will probably be wearing a mask. But on the river, it's it's tough. You get splashed in the face with a lot of water. That mask holds that water, and then you're breathing heavily while you paddle. That's going to be dangerous. Gotcha. So what we're going to do is keep boats limited to single groups, um, have safety protocols for cleaning the rafts, cleaning all of our life jackets, the paddles. Every time they go out, they will be sanitized, disinfected, and then put back into, into the loop. Um, on the bus is going to be our, our mask protocols will be in place. Um, so we'll have social distancing. We're going to buy a bus that is double the capacity of the rafts we currently own. Um, so we'll be able to do social distancing on the bus as well as keeping the windows open and masks on while on the buses. Um, and then safety protocols on the river, of course, will provide PFDs, paddles. Um, we do have some trips where we can provide lunch and do some food trips. Um, so cool. We, yeah, we have a lot going on. Check out our website for more information. Uh, Desert River Guides is Farmington's first family-friendly float. And we'd love to have everybody I want you out to say here. That three times real fast. Farmington's first family friendly float. Farmington's first family friendly float. Farmington's first family friendly float. That's perfect, man. It's it's going to be beautiful, and we invite everybody to come out and see us. Take a look at our website www.desertriverguides.com 
for pricing and trip information and hit us with an email, call our phone number up or, you know, just come and see us at 109 East uh, Pinion Street down by the, uh, the corner of Miller and Pinion. Well, listen, from my own personal experience, I know, I, I know, I know your, your knowledge, your best. I mean, I can't believe you grew up as good as you did, man. I, <laughs> I am so impressed. But I know you've always, you and your brother both have always been, uh, well, you've been mind teasers for me. I mean, you got great, you're very well educated, you know your stuff. And so I think I, I wish you nothing but the best. I'm excited. This is really cool. I, I want to take one of the maiden virgins, vir, vir, not the virgins. I take one of those too, but uh, one of the major, one of the major, uh, what are my words? Voyages. voyages. Yeah, that's All right. it. The virgin voyage, I think. Yeah, that's what you're going for Yeah, I'm excited for you, man. Well, David, we're extremely excited and can't wait to start getting some folks around the four corners and the rest of the country down and to see the Animus and San Juan Rivers out of Farmington. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put it on a punch-up, and so after you've been open for a month, maybe 60 days, I'll have you come back, and we'll talk about it again. We'll revisit and see how things are going and see uh, making sure you're doing good. Well, that sounds fantastic. I, I'd appreciate that. You bet. Thank you, Cody. I appreciate you. Be sure and give Ryan a hug for me, would you? I will do so. Just what is David Knees? According to Webster's Dictionary, well, you're not going to find it there. <clears throat> According to Google. Well, no. Wikipedia? Not there either, huh? According to my script, David Knees is David's own language. A word of the week. Something like this. Oh, David Knees, David Knees, David Knees. How about wrinkles? Wrinkles, that's facial lines found on other people. Wrinkles, that's your David Ease for today. Well, let me, I'll let the announcer do it. See, I told you, use that word in a sentence this week. I dare you. This has been David Knees. Time for Film Rant with Ren. Hate it. Hate him or love him. New or classic, Ren rants on them all. Here's Ren. What's up, folks? This is Ren. Welcome back to the rant. And I'm Rovin today, Rovin Ren Rants. Oh my God, it's getting out of control. <laughs> I saw a movie a couple weeks ago with my roommates that was on Amazon Prime. It's called The Wind. Uh, I believe it came out in 2018. Um, I love me a good horror movie. The Wind, unfortunately, was not that. I know I normally try to talk about things that I like, but you know, The Hills, I disliked it in, in a, such a way that I felt like I wanted to talk about it. Um, did I call it The Hills? It's The Wind, which is, the title is very forgettable. It's about a, a lady living on the homestead out in the Great Plains of the United States. Uh, it's just her and her husband out there, but they get some new neighbors, uh, a very pretty young lady and a very steadfast young man. Um, there is character drama. There's a lot of horror. It's about paranoia on the, on the homestead and you know, you hear a bump in the night and your brain goes over the top with it. Could have just been a bucket, could have been a monster waiting for you outside. The wind started pretty solidly and it felt very realistic right off the bat. Um, the lady playing the lead, I didn't look up her name and I'm driving now so I can't look it up, but <laughs> the lady playing the lead did an excellent job. She really felt like a 
cold Christian pioneer lady. Well, not cold as in mean, but she just very reserved. Uh, everyone else is fine. She was the only real standout performance for me. Uh, the story loses you pretty early on because you start to realize that it's just one of those paranoia, there's a monster in the dark movies. I thought with a concept like the wind and with her husband, spoilers, has an affair with the new pretty young lady who comes to the plains. Uh, it felt like there was a lot of good ideas there, you know, like back in the day when women would be upset about something, they'd just label them as hysterical and move on. And this is a woman who clearly knows something is up, but her husband will not listen to her. And so that paranoia and that, that doubt, that gaslighting eventually eats away at her and she just loses all sanity, um, or so it appears. I watched the whole movie because of the main actress. I thought she was just great, but the plot is not very unique or exciting. And the one thing that really just ripped me out of the movie halfway through to where I wasn't rooting for the movie anymore and I was actively going, this is silly, was the fact that, okay, so these pioneers, the two main characters, they live in a log cabin, a very nice log cabin out in the Great Plains. Where are they getting the trees for their log cabin in the Great Plains? I grew up in Nebraska and they taught us, they drilled it into our little elementary school kid heads that the pioneers of Nebraska, of the Great Plains, lived in sawed houses, houses made out of bricks of dirt. And halfway through, I realized these, these pioneers are living in a log cabin in the middle of a big open field. It made no sense. And, and the log cabin was like pretty. It looked like a, a weekend getaway for some, you know, trust fund kid. So halfway through, I just could not take it seriously anymore. It, it felt like a very glamorized version of the pioneer experience, like disguising as realistic. And once again, the main actress, she does a killer job. She made it feel realistic, but uh, it's, it's, it's inspired by the pioneers, but they clearly did not do their research. And I'm a big Robert Eggers fan. He did um, The Lighthouse and the, the Witch, and both of those were just painstakingly researched. So in, the, in this new era of, of horror, I don't think we should settle for cliche story beats, cliche monsters. The wind felt like it was trying to be something cool and different and feminist, but it just came up flat. <laughs> and it got me and my roommates talking like, man, a sod house, a house made out of dirt with bugs and snakes living in it, wouldn't have that have been so much more creepy? Just add an element to the whole story. But yeah, the whole story just ends up being that she's, there's like a monster running around on the plains. And by the end, you're still not sure if he's real or if she just was gaslighted so much that she made it up and she became the monster. But yeah, the wind was a big letdown, pretty boring. But if you love a good main character performance, baby, the lady in the wind killed it. So check it out if you want. I don't recommend it. Sorry. Be listening each week for yet another ranting with Rin. She's relentless. How much fun was that? Every week, Rin and David will bring you informative fun. Maybe a musical guest or two. And you'll always get a load of laughter. Answered emails, rants, raves, community thoughts, and so much more. Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of their wonderful sponsors.
Thanks for listening. Don't forget, new episodes are available every Monday morning at 1 a.m. And they would love to hear from you at thegenerals'wakeupcall at gmail.com. Be excellent to each other. Always wear your clean underwear.